0: Welcome everyone to the Healthcare Ethics and Law podcast. Today we've got a very special episode for you and it's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Aswin Malhotra who will be joining us today to talk about a few different themes from burnout to resilience to lessons that he's learned during the COVID-19 pandemic. So first of all, welcome Aswin. And do you wanna just give yourself a little bit of an introduction to people that may not be familiar with yourself and with your podcast?
1: Hello everyone, uh, my name is Aswin and thank you Kirit for inviting me onto his program. Um, I'm very grateful um, to be able to share my experience with everyone. I'm um, currently working as a doctor in the northeast of England in my second year of anaesthetics core training. I'm about to come to an end of my critical care rotation at James Cook University in Middlesbrough.
0: That's great. Well, you know I, know, I know you having spoken to you and, you know, obviously I know you personally um, and I've listened to your podcast. It's been really interesting to to hear about your experiences. So I thought it'd be great to get you on today and, and we can talk about it a little bit more. So why don't we kick off? and Why don't you just tell us a bit about um, your experience working in critical care over the last year and during the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: Yeah. So um, I've only worked in critical care since August last year um, and before that when COVID kicked off I was actually working in AE and uh, for six months in Northumbria and it has certainly been an interesting experience to be working in two different environments albeit uh, in acute kind of services so very much so on the front line of seeing patients with covid and one of the common things that i definitely saw was the exhaustion that was seen among staff members um especially on myself and that was the reason for why i decided to start intensely kind of reflect on things to try to keep myself moving forward to be able to continue to work and I've never really shared them, to be honest, other than just speaking with friends and family or typing a few things in my phone. Um, didn't even use a journal. And then an idea just hit me of, to try to write a blog and then didn't really feel like writing one. So I thought I'd start some podcasts instead, cause I just prefer talking to writing. And um, fortunately, been met with some good positive feedback.
0: Uh, so here I am. And I know when your your sort of first two three episodes that you've got out so far, a common theme has been um, burnout and resilience. And I know you just mentioned that um, you've noticed a lot of exhaustion amongst staff members that you've worked with. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and, and how that's kind of affected you and, and how you've dealt with that over the last sort of few months?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially over the recent surge, people were more tired because they've been through it before. And frankly, there hasn't been that much of a break in between. There's been obviously a terrible progression of numbers um, over the past few months. And it's been overwhelming this time round because the last time we weren't seeing as many other presenting issues other than COVID. In fact, there were times where we weren't seeing much else at all. Um, whereas this time around, we are seeing everything else, plus a much higher number of COVIDs. And that has been making work very difficult because of the expansion For example, of the critical care area to become a lot more stretched than what it has, than what it's used to. And although the work is still being carried out in a safe manner, it does make the work a lot more tiring from that point of view. And staff members are exhausted um, because it feels relentless um, day in, day out. Um, I've mentioned a few factors regarding this as well in some of the episodes in my podcast regarding work how there's a lot of factors at work which contributes to this not just the number of patients coming in but also the different factors at work such as having to for example in critical care you have to gown the full PPE all the time which can be really tiring to wear this really tight fitted mask where you can't breathe properly where you can't you know hydrate yourself very quickly you're just stuck in there for a few hours um and the difficulty of not being able to employ methods that you normally would um in normal times to be able to 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 relax and and wind down um so i think you know these two themes of resilience and burnout they're they're two things that very closely intertwine because when you feel burnt out, I think that's when your resilience comes in and activates, so to speak, in order to allow you to move forward in your work, in order to allow you to be able to get up in the morning, to drive into work, to carry a full day of duty and then, and then come home just to do it all over again when you're not really doing much else because of the lockdown. Um, and it's it's interesting I was watching this um, video recently on a former astronaut um, his name is uh, Chris Hatfield and he, he described what astronauts have to do in when they train to to go to space and one of the things that he described was that um, they enjoy a calm calculated environment where they're able to know exactly what the problems are and how to approach them and a lot of times in medicine um, and i'm sure you realize as well in dentistry there are times where you don't there's uncertainties and you have to be able to think on your feet and you have to solve problems quickly Um, there are those times but for a lot of times you know what's going on and you, you you try to find a way to deal with it and you're working as a team to get through it and that's still the case where we are working as a team to get through problems but I think at the moment, the adrenaline rush, which is something that I don't think we particularly like because it's for the wrong reason um is kicking in a lot more, and that that does make winding down that does make relaxation more of a difficult process to get through and you know it's important to 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 make it clear that you know i'm I'm not an expert in um in resilience and burnout and i'm not a trained psychologist or anything like that at all so everything that i say is kind of just an excerpt of reflections that i've made in in my journey through through this work um but some of the things that i've i've certainly found to be useful are um reframing of thoughts you know when you think about the all the uncertainties and anxiety around the circumstances it it demotivates you further and it reduces your productivity Um, Trying to focus on things that you can control in order to be able to have more sense of control over the whole situation and be able to um, move forward uh, a lot better. Um, and realizing that you are the person who's in control of the situation uh, to be able to um, make an impact on your patients. So anything that's happened to them that has resulted in a good outcome it's because of you as well um, as the rest of the team and I think that can really motivate you and give you a sense of reward and purpose to be able to motivate you to go to work and equally when it's something bad there are times where you are responsible for it and if you are then just to take them as lessons going forward and I think those are some things that i found to be quite useful to be able to work with resilience and um but again you know it is a dynamic trait um where there are days where you don't feel like getting up to go to work there are days when you know when when you're just tired when you feel exhausted um but i think coming back to some of these core principles have i've personally found to be to be quite helpful
0: Absolutely, I think it's it's kind of just looking at ways to try and deal with deal with um you know that burnout and, and I think reflecting on it as you have done is a really helpful way of learning um, about how to do that and how to how to sort of move forward. And so I think that's a really interesting an interesting point and, and thanks for that. Um another thing we wanted to talk to you about is I know at the moment it's obviously a difficult time with COVID patients, as you've mentioned, people coming in with a lot of issues. Um and it's been in the news that people who are you know having end of life care are not being able to see visitors in the same way that they may have used to there's a lot of a lot less visitation um how has that affected the patients and has there been any impact on yourselves as frontline workers well i mean strictly
1: from the COVID point of view if um if they're progressing to end of life care it's it's hard to determine how it's affected the patient because often they're so unwell and so hypoxic that you're not really able to grasp any kind of distress that they may be experiencing other than the physiological distress that they're they're having from the hypoxia. Um, So the emotional distress is difficult to discern. Um, From the other kind of end of life care, I've I've mostly been involved with people who are already intubated. Um, again that includes COVID patients as well. So again, it's difficult to determine how 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 that's what kind of emotional distress that those patients are going through. Um but it ha- it has it has gotten a lot better in the sense where in in you know extenuating sort of circumstance where they're approaching um the end of their life, um certain arrangements are being made to allow for family members to go in. To see patients with restrictions and limitations in place and again that's through a discussion um, with the multidisciplinary team as well to ensure that the benefits and risks have been evaluated because as you can imagine it does have an implication on the wider public health level um, it, it, it's not just difficult at the end of life as well it's the other thing is these patients, they're quite prone to delirium. And that's multifactorial, you know, due to um, the infection itself, due to hypoxia, due to drugs being pump- pumped into them, being an unfamiliar environment where everybody's dressed um, in full PPE. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a traumatic environment to be in, especially in these times. And seeing a family member can sometimes be a wonder drug to help with delirium. Um, But that's not really happening very well at the moment. Um, We are being creative with video calls and trying to update family members as much as we can. But even then, it certainly affected the patients in that way. Um, I think as a team, we've all been working towards acceptance of a situation to try and be creative, as I said, and improve on strategies. To accommodate for things. Um, so, seeing a member of the staff to call all the family members to try and update them as much as we can, that certainly really helped to alleviate some of the stress and some of the anxiety involved. Um, breaking bad news is a concept that I've briefly covered in the second episode of the podcast series, and particularly breaking bad news over the phone um, is, is something that is quite difficult because is a, is a challenging kind of it's a challenging thing to do anyway and then to do it over the phone it does eradicate a lot of um elements that are very helpful when you do it in person and i've certainly climbed i feel like i've certainly climbed a very steep learning curve in being able to communicate more effectively with with family members because of that and i think one thing that we do keep in our mind is just to realize that everybody's there for the patient's care, and that extends to the patient's family members as well, um, in a lot of circumstances. And I think that having that in our minds and remembering to collaborate with each other and remembering to express as much empathy and compassion as we can, um, as we're naturally prone to anyway, um, has been some of the most powerful tools that we've been able to employ to, to combat against any hindrance that may exist in our ability to communicate effectively. Um, but really there's, there's no easy way. There's no, there's no kind of, you know, we've never been taught about this in uni. Um, this is not something that was even introduced into our heads as a hypothetical thing. Um, so yeah it is it is difficult and I think and I think we're all still we're all still learning how to how to go about it really
0: yeah I think you're right it seems to be that you know because we're in these quite extreme circumstances of having to adapt and be creative for example you know you've mentioned the use of technology which i think in healthcare it's sort of been embraced and and i think in general really with people working from home studying from home um so that's been one really interesting learning point and and utilizing that but um, you know you've mentioned that you've been reflecting a lot you've been learning a lot you've mentioned the steep learning curve um you know in in, in for example delivering bad news communicating with patients what what other things have you learned and um you know whether it's be at work or or personally and And how are you going to take these forwards in the future once we sort of get to the other side of of, of this part of the pandemic and, and moving forwards? I think one thing that I've
1: tried my best to be able to do, and I'm still going to learn this probably for the rest of the Korean life really, is the ability to kind of drop something and pick it back up so sometimes you're in a busy unit and sometimes it's so busy that you've got a few things going on in your mind and then you get a call and because you're near the phone you pick it up there's just no way around it there's everybody else is busy and you're closest to the phone even though you've got a few things going on you pick the phone up because that phone could be you know, coming from other healthcare staff members as well, who are calling about one of the patients. So, you know, you naturally, you pick the phone up, someone has to. And when you've got a few things in your mind, then a family member calls. And at this point, you might be really stressed out about one of the other patients. So the skills of being able to drop something and pick it back up and to prioritise and multitask, I think, are some of the things that are really, really important, especially have become very important in this current time. I think to be able to do it with some sense of being calm as well is really helpful because the family member or whoever calls who's not a medical person who's worried about their relative is going to be able to sense the stress in your voice. And if you're flustered or you're unsure or you're too overwhelmed, it's important to be able to recognize that and actually put them on hold for a bit, for example, to get the notes, collect yourself, be able to talk to them, ask them to call back later, things like that is is to try and recognize where your boundaries are, where your limits are to be able to move forward with things, to call them back at a later time or, to sit as a team and to update them later or if one of the other family members have been updated already to encourage them to speak to each other where legal, um, you know, where, 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 where it's legal to do so. So I think some of those things, I know they sound really almost obvious or basic, but really being able to think about them, especially when you're really busy, it does really help. And, there have been times where you're stuck by the phone for an hour because, and you're trying to do jobs at the same time, yeah. trying to chase blood, trying to stop to this specialty, trying to talk with that specialty, but actually the phone keeps ringing for about an hour and a half and you end up speaking to family member after family member, after family member. And it can get quite stressful because sometimes you're pressed and you have to be able to try and maintain all that composure while still speaking to all these family members. Um, And that that can be tough. Um, The whole concept of communication before in uni where, you know, they teach you what kind of posture you should should sit in, what kind of eye contact you should make, um, what kind of words you should use, how you should introduce yourself, all those things. They've, They've all almost gone out the window because they don't exist now. You're introducing yourself as they know you're one of the doctors and you're just introducing yourself as that. Or if you're one of the nursing staff, you introduce yourself as that. Or any any other healthcare professional healthcare assistants and things. And and it's just one of those things where yeah, a lot of those techniques um unfortunately don't really apply. And it's just who you are as a person that comes out. And and sometimes you say things where you think, Maybe I could have said that better, maybe I could have been more calm when I said that. Maybe I should have called back. Maybe I should have done this or done that. And and you learn and you reflect on those things and you try to improve. And Sometimes when you see how seniors, um, people that have had 10, 20, 30 years in the field, um, when you see how they do it, you learn a lot from them as well. Um, and that certainly helps. Um, but I think otherwise, I've probably learned more about myself, if anything, through this whole crisis. Um, and you know, I've learned about COVID, organ support, many other medical and surgical problems, um, prioritizing, multitasking. Um, but I feel like the biggest learning lesson that I've had from from all this is, is, is on myself. Um, there've been a lot of moments I think where I've kinda of looked at what I've been through and it kinda of surprised me. Um and the countless number of times I thought about wanting to give up, you know, just pack my stuff, so to speak, and just just go home. Because, um, as you know, you know, I, I grew up in Thailand, so my family's there. Um, so I've not been able to see them for about a year now and there there have been times, especially in the middle of last year towards the end of last year where I thought, you know what, it's getting too difficult now. I, I don't know how long I can keep doing this, you know, um, do all this work, come home, do an empty flat and then just repeat. Um, but but really, I, I think I've really surprised myself and I, and I hope I continue to do so. Um, and it's gotten to the point where now I'm kind of just enjoying the chaos and and i hate it sometimes but I, I do kind of enjoy it um and i guess one of the biggest lessons i've learned is to um to do what you enjoy doing because you know if if, if things turn into a disastrous global pandemic you'd still not quit your job and yeah. you'd still persevere um i suppose i've learned the value of committing to something and, and gaining a sense of purpose and and meaning from doing it um so yeah, I suppose that, that that would be my biggest lesson. Um how, how about you? What, what what do you
0: think your biggest lesson is? Yeah, I think I think for everyone it's given it's given us a moment to sort of pause and reflect a bit more than we usually would. Usually we're in that that sort of routine of going to work five days a week, nine to five, and then on the weekend we sort of relax and and, and a little steam and then sort of go around that process over and over again. So I think it's, it's sort of given us a jolt and a change in our routine and, um, and such an extreme circumstance that it's kind of made us evaluate everything from work to personal life to, to you know, things we enjoy, what our hobbies are and, and keeping focused. And for myself, it's allowed me to think about that and, and develop different, different things. As you say, it's really important to enjoy what you're doing. You know, I've been able to work and, and also um, do my master's, learning more about ethics and law and healthcare And so that's been it's been really good to sort of keep my mind active and keep my mind fresh and so I think I think a lot of people like yourself have have learned probably a huge amount about themselves Um, but I just wanted to, to ask you a question Aswin I know you mentioned that sometimes you you kind of feel like sort of packing it all in and 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 taking that break and, and going away from it all, um, you know, or going back home and w- what in those times has kept you motivated and what's, what sort of kept you going? Have you got um sort of a thought process you go through or, or something you, you that helps you keep resilient and, and keep, keep focused on what you're doing?
1: I think there's, I think, I think there's it's a few factors there really. Um, there's not kind of any one structure, um, but I think one of the factors is family. Um, I think even even on a virtual platform, um, I'm I'm very grateful that my family have been very supportive um, in terms of uh, providing encouragement and motivation to to continue to do what I'm doing here. Um, and I think secondly as well, um, it's it's hard to it's hard for me to think about training in Thailand because there's a lot of issues about medical training in Thailand that I wouldn't necessarily, that I think trying to overcome them, um, would be more difficult than persevering through this time. And the reason I say that is because I feel that the situation at the moment is likely short lived, I mean, we don't, no, none of us have a magic crystal ball to be able to tell that for sure. Um, but I think it's likely to be short-lived. Um, we're now with the vaccines coming out. I think we're starting to, um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a world, we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so I think from that point of view, I, I try to kind of keep myself motivated in that way that actually the situation is likely temporary. And if I just persevere and keep on with it, it's going to be able to allow me to move to the other side. Um, And actually, when I was talking about enjoying the chaos um, and hating it at the same time, I think it was one of those things where actually the amount of growth and personal development I've done have been at such a remarkably accelerated pace since this whole thing's kicked off. And I don't want it to be at this pace for my whole career, but it it has been something that I'm very grateful for actually, because it's been so uncomfortable and it's been so outside my comfort zone that it's allowed me to, to get to that point. Um, Obviously I don't want to go through this again. And I don't think anybody wants to either because of such huge disastrous things that have happened to everybody around the world from death directly from covid itself and from the secondary implications secondary injuries so to speak from covid Um, but on a personal level as a healthcare professional trying to look at it from a positive um, perspective to be able to survive so to speak it's actually allowed me to develop so much more as a clinician um, and learn so many things about practicing medicine and about myself um, to hopefully be a better clinician in the future um for patients um so from that point of view i think that's what's giving me the strength to persevere and carry on as well um but again you know like i said i I hope it continues to because i think everybody is certainly getting exhausted and is getting tired and i guess ultimately you are only human aren't you Um, I think one big thing that I should probably mention is the concept of the whole team. I think sometimes, especially in the current times that we're living in, is we we feel isolated. You know, you go home to your empty flat or you go home and you, you have one or two flatmates or whatever. Um, and you kind of feel like you're on your own and maybe at work you might feel that way too with the PPE. Um, but actually you're not and you know the patient care is dependent on the whole team um, so you're not carrying all the weight on your shoulders and I think sometimes realising and remembering that does help um, that you're working together as a group as a team um, I think that's really important
0: yeah absolutely I think you know working in that team environment can lead to much more successful outcomes for the patient and, and also it makes you feel part of something something bigger as well and probably gives you a bit of support um, and you, you also mentioned this kind of process of reflection which has um, helped you to develop and how do you think you'll take that forwards and um, was that something you thought was important um, prior to this pandemic or was it something you hadn't really given much thought about? But
1: I think on a personal level I've always reflected on things but more so internally and and more so quite informally you know by, by just chatting to friends at work um, and chatting to colleagues at work um, or elsewhere. Uh, Obviously, you know, if you're speaking elsewhere, you you obviously maintain confidentiality and all that. Um, But it's one of those things where, you know, um, reflection is a powerful tool, you know, to learn from if something good had happened, how did it go well? And if something bad had happened, why did it go badly? And sometimes having another perspective added into the issue can help immensely with how you view the situation and i think at the moment with the situation we're currently in there's so much uncertainties and there's so much anxiety surrounding different things that i personally feel like i'd benefit from as many minds as possible as many people as possible that i can confide in to be able to help propel me forward and i think i've been quite blessed and fortunate really to be able to to have that group of people to help me do that as well um, I think you know we're, we're social creatures and having that social support is even on a virtual interface is you know it's 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 remarkably important I think
0: definitely and as you mentioned having different perspectives and colleagues maybe senior colleagues or your peers it can give you a lot of different ideas and, and it's a great way to learn and and also as you mentioned a great way for for some social support and, and people that that are your peers they understand what you're going through perhaps better than other people because you know it's quite a a specific and extreme situation that you're going through so you know i I think that that's that's definitely something that can help when you're reflecting as well and and there's definitely a lot of benefit for that and so that's a really interesting point Um, but it's been really interesting to chat to you asfin. You know um i think you've covered a lot of ground talking about resilience and and and, and staying motivated and, and determined in difficult times and it sounds like you've been working really hard so thanks for all your hard work and uh through this pandemic and i'm sure everyone's very grateful for the work that yourself and your team have done and and, and people up and down the country so thanks a lot for that and thanks for being so open and honest about sharing your reflections as well um and, and i definitely think that people will Getting a lot from your insights, so thanks a lot for that as well.
1: Now, okay, Kira, like I said, you know, it's an absolute pleasure, um, and thank you so much for inviting me to your show as well. And you know, again, it's it's just all kind of reflections, really, rather than any kind of expert instructions or whatever you may call it. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's just it's just reflections, and I hope people can make good use of these reflections going forward in uh, whatever work they're doing at the moment Um, and for anyone who's affected by this in any particular shape and shape or form you know I do kind of wish them all the best as well it's
0: it's certainly difficult times that we're all in and
1: we should try to support each other as best as we can
0: absolutely agree well thanks again Aspen it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and hopefully we'll be able to catch up soon once this pandemic's all over um, and thanks to everyone for listening. Um, I'm sure um, you'll agree with me that it was a really interesting uh, viewpoint to hear from Dr. Asim mahotra and he's also got his podcast, um, which I'll put the link in uh, in the description as well. So if you've enjoyed today, there's loads more uh, information and themes uh, related to today what he's, that he's spoken about. And I'd highly recommend that you go and have a listen to those, and I'm sure there's lots more coming as well. So thanks again. Take care.